Mic check, mic check, one, two, one, two. Hey there, I am back. Welcome to another exciting episode of Karishma Connect. Here I am taking it up and taking it to a new level. So I've got the lights and I've got the little bit of a mic to make it sound better. And hopefully it grows. Well, we are getting close to 40 episodes. So I hope so. Next year is good for Karishma Connect. And on this episode, we've got Amrita. Now, Amrita is a sustainability advocate. She started off as a mechanical engineer. And back then in the day, she tells me when she was around 21, 22, she actually had to explain her role to the HR because they did not understand what she meant by being a sustainability pioneer and handling sustainability operations for and for a company so she tells me about how it's grown to become a buzzword now and what what are the myths that we need to bust about sustainability what's actually true and what isn't uh, she separates the black from the white and tells us all about what is genuinely needed to make climate impact it's a little long podcast, fair warning, but it's definitely heart to heart and it flows really well. In fact, I enjoyed it while I was editing it because it just seemed to flow really well. And there's so much to learn from Amrita because she's so genuine and so authentic in her insights. So go check it out. SustainabilityTribe.com is her website in case you're looking at joining her tribe. And until next time, Karishma Connect. Firstly, thank you so much, Amrita, for joining me on Karishma Connect. It's a pleasure to have you. And I've been waiting to do this podcast ever since I got to know about you. And I'm so happy that we're finally doing it. So thank you for making time and gracing with your presence on Karishma Connect. Thank you so much, Karishma, uh, for inviting me. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to our chat today. I know you do podcasts too, right? Um, Actually, yeah, Sustainability Tribe has a podcast, but yeah. it was started by our interns uh, and uh, because I was not very committed to it. Yeah. And um, when I had interns last year, last summer, yeah. and uh, they were very, um, you know, persistent that, you know, we have to. Uh, so one of the interns had a project with me that she will start a podcast and she basically did everything. Oh. And I thought it is a very good idea to, uh, you know, talk to our uh, clients, um, consulting clients, as well as our sustainability tribes, ambassadors, yeah. our club members. Yeah. And uh, so I started doing that. But unfortunately, I was not very consistent mm. last one year. But definitely the plan is to focus on that. And our community events, both the things are kind of um, ignored by me for a while. <laughs> so I need to restart both of them. Yeah. Comes with the challenge of being an entrepreneur, don't you think? I mean, that's, that's Absolutely. you dabble across various roles and it, it's quite challenging for sure. How do you navigate that? <laughs> I would say I haven't mastered all the things yet. There are certain things because, you know, one of the things I always feel is um, I am a domain expert into sustainability. So when I'm, you know, working with my clients, I know about the sustainability part of it. Yeah. But in terms of entrepreneurship, I'm still learning so much. Mm. <clears throat> so as an entrepreneur, uh, because I worked in the corporate businesses before. Yeah. So there you you deliver your 
you know, expertise and rest of the things are done by other people. Yes. You know, there could be accounts department, there could be admin department, there could be business development, marketing department, and a legal department, finance, etc. Yes. And here, as an entrepreneur, and I'm still a very smaller business as compared to, you know, uh, big businesses. So I can't really employ those many people. And a yeah. lot of the things I need to do it myself. Yeah. And most of the time, how I do it is I first learn about it. Huh. And I think being being an engineer, I need to kind of, I, I, I'm a bit obsessed with uh, knowing all the things logically, then, you know, going ahead doing that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a lot of learning. And then there is a lot of, and um, but, you know, in a way, I would say I'm very, very blessed yeah. to have our uh, clients or even the members um, and who see me uh, or, you know, doing things. And they are so amazing that they end up sharing information with me. Or, yeah. you know, giving me kind of, you know, nudges yeah. that, oh, maybe do you want to try this? And that way I'm very open-minded. So I I am like, I'm all ears. So whoever, uh, you know, is um, has any ideas which could help in my business and, you know, streamlining it, organizing it, growing my business. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a challenge. Yes. That's interesting, but there's so much there that you've told me in bits and pieces about your journey. And that's my question to you that tell me about your journey so far, because there's sustainability, then there's engineering, I hear. So what what is hmm. the link between all of that and what makes it special to be where you are today? Yeah, okay. So um, journey, so I would prefer to go back to my upbringing or childhood yes, you know yes um growing up i i come from a smaller city in india and um the place i come from uh it's called nasik it's blessed with yes. um a, a river yes. mountains surrounding it it's yes. a very farming dominated uh city and uh we have uh you know woods and jungles not very far away from our place yes. Yes. so you know, growing up, uh, two things happened with me or two particular things or aspects influenced me very, very largely. Hmm. One of which is um, this very <clears throat> close to nature or natural kind of lifestyle or upbringing. Yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, you know, my family uh, on weekends, what we used to do is go to some mountains around us, you know, go for a hike or picnic go near riverside swim or picnic or you know that that's how that's what yeah. my weekends or holidays always looked like yeah. uh it was never or you know um family members coming together friends coming together and doing the same thing again yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh you know going to somebody's farm and uh picking things over there or you know having a day out on a farm uh, you know our relatives or friends so um that's what I knew, you know, uh, that this is what the life is. And I, I had, you know, um, camping and, uh, uh, you know, uh, I wouldn't say that staying in uh, tents was a norm at that time. Yeah. Uh, but we used to stay in caves uh, oh, because wow. mountains are all. Yes. And I, I have I have so much of this experience. We'd never had hiking shoes as in, you know, hiking gears, which yeah. are very popular. <laughs> 
So back then we used to kind of wear whatever shoes it is, uh, you know, canvas shoes or whatever, uh, whatever our backpacks or school bags and take all our food with us, go somewhere in the mountain, uh, prepare our food, uh, you know, and uh, stay in caves. Uh, that happened even during my um, teenage, you know, with friends or I was part of hiking, camping groups mm. over there. And th this was a norm for me. And um, as I uh, started, you know, reaching my adulthood and I, I was doing mechanical engineering, you know, mm. as um, my graduate degree. Mm -hmm. And uh, during that time, I was I was always very much interested into physics uh, I was kind of a girl who was not really enjoying very goodly things. <laughs> so I, I, I used to always, you know, open up some machines or if anything is not working around the house, my family always, I used to tell my mom or dad, please don't call any repair guys. No handyman. I'm your handyman. And I used to love doing that. Uh, and um, yeah, so even if my, we used to ride two wheelers, you know, um, uh, the moped bikes and such. Mm -hmm. And I used to fix those things on my own. Or if I'm going to a garage, I will sit with those guys and make my hands dirty. And people always used to look at me. What's so, this girl is something, <laughs> what's wrong with her? <laughs> um, so uh, I think this kind of, you know, very outdoorsy lifestyle and my inclination towards this, um, you know, machines are repairing and fixing things. I told my parents that I want to be a mechanical engineer and they are like, okay, fine. It was very unusual back home where I come from, you know, in Indian culture, it's not very, I, but I heard, um, you know, after men, like all these years that around the world, it's still not very common for yeah. girls to pursue kind of degrees, you know. Um, one thing my mother was very particular about, she's like, whatever you are choosing, it's fine. We will support you, but make sure you give your best. Mm. I'm not going to let you come back to me saying, oh, in your second year, third year that, oh, I can't do that. It's too hard mm. or it's too challenging because there are no girls there. So my mother, uh, she she has a big influence on who am I today? Mm. So she was like, you know, you have to go through all your challenges by yourself because there won't be any other girls. We do not understand. I'm kind of a first engineer in the family. Yeah. So she's like, go ahead. And I would appreciate, I mean, I would actually be happy if you become an engineer and end up uh, working as an engineer. You know, she was like, okay, that's the time I would be really happy uh, because I do not want you to think short term, you know, yeah. that you are liking something and that's why you're studying it. Think yeah. long term kind of a thing. Yeah. And I'm so in depth, uh, you know, uh, with my mother that she kind of you know uh, put all those sow the seeds in my uh, that uh, you know that age teenage yeah. when you are so you know uh, excited about your future but yeah. she kind of you know helped me thinking about it thoroughly and I was like no this is what I'm going to do and um, during my engineering I actually selected a, a subject which was called energy ECM energy conservation management Okay. And uh, it was an elective subject in my last year. And I was so, uh, that is the first time I kind of uh, looked at climate change or, you know, what we are doing, you know, the industrial revolution and what has happened to us mm -hmm. after that mm -hmm. and why the energy efficiency is needed from mm -hmm. 
uh, from academic or scientific perspective. That was the first time. Hmm. Uh, and I would say uh, at the same time, I was also seeing in my practical, um, you know, daily routine, hmm. the nature around me, you know, the those same forests and rivers and the farms and the things, you know, I used to go around as a child, you know, yeah. uh, and I was still doing that uh, during my engineering, but I was seeing this environmental degradation happening yeah. Yeah. with my own eyes. Yeah. And I think those things which I was seeing and studying and kind of, you know, connecting dots for me, yeah. uh, I still was not aware about the sustainability um, field at that time. Yeah. Uh, I was still, but I kind of already was inclined towards this environment and how to, you know, energy efficiency, etc. Mm -hmm. And one more thing uh, I would like to say that growing up, I come from a family, mm -hmm. a middle class, humble background, you know, but uh, one of the thing about my parents or my family is they believed a lot in giving back. So yeah. for example, my father sponsored uh, um, education of some tribal students yeah. and you know we I, I have been seeing uh, throughout my childhood that people are coming to our home and my parents always open the door and help them and you know sometimes financially sometimes advice or sometimes whatever you know yeah. so this is one thing I always knew that you know giving back was so ingrained in my mind mm. uh, that you know as a usual part of life like a normal part of life mm. and when I started sustainability tribe and you know at that time there were a lot of uh, friends or professionals around me and they are like why you are doing everything for free for people why you are giving your knowledge for free and why you are investing so much of your time yeah. doing this uh, and nobody was doing that you know so um, they are like why you're wasting you know your resources or efforts and yeah. th this was it's, it's, it was very funny that people actually thought that way, but for me, it was never like that because I always felt uh, in a way that, you know, my parents have been doing so much or this is the culture I come from and what I am doing, like, you know, I need to do something. Yeah. <laughs> and this was kind of my thing that, okay, I want to give back to community, uh, whatever community, because, you know, uh, it started with a focus of uh, raising awareness of the residents of UAE or Middle East. Mm. Now it's quite popular, like, you know, internationally, we have reached uh, uh, all over the world. Um, we have tribe members from around the world. Mm. It's very humbling. But uh, this is one of the things where we still have a model of sustainability tribe as a business model. Uh, uh, that's why it's a social enterprise, mm. that all the initiatives, all the knowledge, um, uh, you know, knowledge giving uh it's free um uh, people or yeah. you know a community is not paying to access this knowledge in any way mm. um so everything is free uh mm. the online portal our initiatives our ambassador program which is an educational initiative so mm. people join in and they receive the it's a digital education so they receive step-by-step -step kind of uh, guidance and then they become an ambassador so once a person is ambassador of certain category could be energy water mm. uh you could you could say that they know much more than an average person you know uh, from the point of view of climate action 
mm -hmm. or be it community events. So uh, I started these com community events. Uh, they were very popular around 2019, 2020 till the pandemic happened. Mm -hmm. So every month uh, we were hosting community events where people from around UAE, like, you know, all the way from Ras Al Khaimah, Abu Dhabi used to come to our events, yeah. two, three hours. Uh, it was free for them. So lectures, workshops, um, whatever, uh, you know, based on the topic of that particular community event. Mm. And uh, so everything is free for public mm. and uh, it is supported by our sponsors and the club members. So Sustainability Tribe Club is where businesses could become member annually. And sponsorship is could be one-off. So one-off companies could, we basically help promoting sustainable businesses to our tribe, to our audience or community. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it's a win-win situation for businesses because they get a, um, a you know, pool of um, their would-be clients or would-be customers, you know, from our tribe mm -hmm. when they, uh, when we are promoting them. And uh, obviously, the membership and sponsorship is open only for sustainable businesses or businesses that offer sustainable solutions or services or products. So, yeah. Tell me something about the tribe. What is the kind of age group? Is there is there a bunch of people? What is the kind of diversity? Uh, mm. How can one join in? Uh, I know you hinted on this, uh, but what are the kind of, if you could deep dive into the initiatives? Yeah. Sure. So um, actually, Sustainability Tribe, uh, when it started, it started with my first job as a sustainability consultant. Huh. So I'm one of the first few certified sustainability consultants started working in the built environment sector. Very yeah. technical background, like, you know, the energy efficiency, resource efficiency, designing green buildings, etc. And uh, that was the time. At a time when this wasn't a hub word for everybody, isn't no, it? No, not at all. Uh, Karishma, you know what? Actually, when I first got my first job was a sustainability engineer. Yeah. And, um, you know, for um, any job, like, you know, when they are processing your visa, they need to know, um, uh, you know, what is the, they always give you this Arabic kind of a position on your visa. So yeah. your visa shows yeah. yeah so uh I, it was so funny uh it my first job was in Abu Dhabi huh. uh with a um contractor Drake and Skull and the Rosewood Hotel which you see right now that was my uh first sustainable full-fledged building okay so I was a yeah sustainability person taking care of everything on that project huh. and uh from my company's side basically so huh. at that time um when uh, it was decided, actually, funnily enough, because it was so new for everyone, my company HR team approached me, they basically hired me and they asked me to write down my own profile, because they didn't know what <laughs> the requirement should be. <laughs> so it was very funny, they approached me with a project and they said we need to hire you for this, but we have no clue. So the top management, the HR team, they have no clue. So what are you going to do? Can you please write it down so that we will include that in our, um, uh, as a profile in HR files so that, you know, in future we could hire similar people like you for other projects. And I was like, yeah, fine. So I wrote my own um, HR profile or whatever, you know, hiring profile. Oh. And I told my management when they hired me that what I'm going to do. 
because they were like, okay, we hired you, but we don't know what you are going to do. So can you explain? And I was like, yeah, sure. Then I gave them um, a lot of kind of, you know, um, workshops. It, it was more of a training uh, for my top management so that they know how this project is going to be different mm -hmm. than the usual construction project. So I had to train my top management. I had to train our procurement department. Mm. I had to train all the engineers, electrical, mechanical, project mm. managers, whoever were working on that project particular. So I had to train and I kind of, you know, developed training programs for all these different kind of uh, departments or, uh, you know, stream of um, uh, expertise uh, within the company. Yeah. And um, uh, the, when it came to making my visa, they are like, okay, what is the name it should be? And I'm like, I do not understand. I'm not an Arabic person, so I don't know. You figure it out. Right. And they are like, will the BR Mohan this okay with you? And I'm like, what is BR? So right. they are like, BR is environment. And I'm like, yeah, okay. If you can't find the word for sustainability. Yeah. So the S came after afterwards. So S is actually sustainability in Arabic. Yeah. And yeah. that word appeared uh, a few years after my first job. It was so funny that people were completely unaware and I used to work on this position of BR Mohandis. So then yeah. I figured out, okay, environment manager or something like that. <laughs> so um, yeah, so basically uh, that was my first job and I had a very difficult time during my job. Like those all colleagues, are so amazing because it was a starting time, you know, everything was new for them and for me. So, but the start was so difficult. And I realized one of the thing is all of these people, they wanted to, uh, because, you know, the main uh, focus of sustainability or implementing sus sustainability is not about writing reports. Because, you know, some of these, uh, especially the management side, they used to say, oh, okay, write down something, give us a report so that, you know, we can show our client, okay, we have done yeah. our job. And yeah. I'm like, oh, no, 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 that's not going to happen. I'm going to look at each and everyone's work. I might suggest a lot of changes. So yeah. your mechanical engineer is, you know, doing some design. I will check it, approve it and suggest certain things which he needs to change mm -hmm. if your procurement department is buying something i will i need to approve it because if it is not a sustainable complying product we are not buying it and mm -hmm. they were shocked they were like what i even heard a comment like i was 21 year old and i heard a comment 22 maybe a comment like you know when you were not even born we are in this industry working um you know yeah. in the construction industry and you are going to tell us this new girl that mm -hmm. how to you are going to change the way we work basically and I'm like yes that's exactly why you have hired me <laughs> so <laughs> so it was very difficult you know you could yeah. imagine that you know this 12 whatever 21 22 year old young girl Indian girl uh, going to all these uh, top management meetings asking all these expert people who have been in the industry for 30 years or so and you know, telling them, okay, change this, change that. A lot of heated discussions and meetings. Oh my God, I don't know how I survived those days. And, um, you know, uh, this was a time I kind of understood that it's not a problem of only my company or the people working on that particular project, because even from client side, even from other people working on the project, they were not aware. Yeah. And I was like, this is a bigger problem. It's not a problem related to only those people. I should think, you know, again, going back to my mother's advice, think long term. Mm. And I'm like, no, I have to, I have seen this problem and it, it is 
community-wide, society-wide problem. And if I know something about it, I should do something about it. Because I'm not a person, you know, who sits and complains that, ah, oh, government is not doing anything. Oh, my management don't know. You know, I'm not that sort of a person. If I see a problem, I do something about it. That's it. You like it or not like it, I start working towards it. And that's how I started this blog, which was previously called, I think, uh, Lead uh, a green living in Dubai kind of a blog I think mm. that was the name mm. at that time yeah. and um, so I started this was my passion project just to make people and I actually used to insist my colleagues that mm. can you read I, I wrote a post can you read I used to forward them the links of my articles uh, because that was my way of you know nudging them to read more about sustainability or what climate change is and yeah. what I'm exactly doing because a lot of the time my colleagues or my friends and people used to say what do you do as a sustainability yeah. consultant and I'm like okay first you try and understand what is our problem then I'll talk about what are the solutions and you know how what I work yeah. so um, that uh, blog started uh, through that angle mm. and then basically uh, because it is a first of such uh, blog or now it's a you know, a full-fledged <clears throat> digital magazine or media, you could say. It mm. is still first of this uh, this sort of, a, uh, you know, digital uh, resource, which yeah. is run by a sustainability expert. Because a lot of the times, these digital resources are run by community marketing, those sort of yeah. professionals. Engineers yeah. or the, you know, domain experts, they don't go ahead and start something like this. Yeah. So it's been now 14 years. And uh, I think this is one of the reasons why it's popular and, you know, uh, kind of, you know, respected uh, or has a credibility, not just in our region, but internationally, mm. uh, because it's run by a, a, so I make sure that there is no confusion because when it comes to susta sustainability, or, you know, anything related to environmental, social, sustainability, there is a lot of confusion around the world, even now. Yeah. You know, uh, I yeah. can't even tell you how much it was previously when I started off. But <clears throat> my focus was, I know something, I know about this academically, or, you know, because I'm working in this field, let me make people aware about it. And yeah. that's how it started. So, uh, at the start, basically, in terms of who is our tribe, uh, mm -hmm. sorry for this very long answer, but mm -hmm. who is our tribe? Okay. Yeah, so our tribe is basically anyone who is interested, interested in learning about climate change, climate action, sustainability, what you could do about it, what, you, what your business could do about it. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, by and large, I could see particular profiles, which is um, you know, professionals working in public and private sectors. Mm. Uh, so a lot of, you know, uh, government entities in the UAE, mm. Uh, mm. Uh, the people working over there, they are our readers or a lot of companies uh, in the UAE or uh, to be honest, it's not just UAE because it's uh, around 60% of our uh, readers are from UAE and or UAE or region and rest of them are from Europe, US, uh, Asia, mm -hmm. you know, all, all the different countries like Australia, Canada, China, whatnot. Mm -hmm. But uh, some profiles you could see is professionals who want to know about sustainability. <clears throat> some of them are already working in this field or some of them are want to switch their career towards more sus sustainable career mm -hmm. or, uh, you know, sustainability focused career, I should say. Mm -hmm. uh, so the professionals, then the second category is uh, students mm -hmm. and teachers. 
So a lot of students and teachers, uh, because students want to know what is sustainability and if they could enter into this career or you know what they can do. Especially the younger generation is much more aware and savvy. So they are a big number in our tribe. Yeah. And um, uh, then there is this category of uh, individuals. They could be from any industry. They could be entrepreneurs also. Yeah. But uh, a part of individual who want to know, okay, climate change is there. All of these things are there, but what I can do about it. So somebody who wants to live more sustainably and they want to learn about it. Um, so, you know, it's kind of a mix of all of these kind of profiles. Yeah. Okay. And you said you are an expert in the field. And like you said, earlier, there was zero awareness about this. And I know like a couple of years back, even I didn't know what sustainability was, but now it's become such a buzzword that everybody is talking about it to the extent mm -hmm. that there's so much of, if, if I mean, I don't have, yeah, there's so much of noise, exactly. Yeah. So you just got the word right. I was trying to look for a word. Amidst all this noise, what are some of the misconceptions that, you know, that you could, as an expert, bust for people for the common man, literally, because the listener of this yeah. podcast is also just the common man who wouldn't even be an expert in sustainability. So what yeah. are some of the common myths that you could bust for the common man and something that they should know about sustainability and how they can action it? Yeah. How they can yeah. The difference, you know? Yeah, yeah. I would love to talk about this because, you know, to be honest, I'm very vocal about all those misconceptions from the start on Sustainability Tribe yeah. and, uh, you know, our social media or uh, website features, email newsletter, whatever it is. Or even when I speak at events or some, uh, you know, I always make sure that, uh, you know, I, I kind of shade light on that because there is still a lot of misconception. Yeah. So, um one of the things I would like to address is a very, very popular topic of plastic. Extremely yeah. <laughs> really popular topic of plastic. Everyone, yeah. uh, and especially because people know that, you know, uh, who am I or about sustainability tribe, uh, whoever is meeting me, they are very proudly telling me that, uh, uh, you know, I'm not using plastic and which is great, which is amazing. I'm not saying that using plastic is good, no way. Uh, we shouldn't be using plastic. I have my own initiative called Zero Waste UAE Initiative. Mm -hmm. And we promote a lot of uh, reduction of waste, not just single-use plastic, but overall reduction of waste. Mm -hmm. But I personally feel as an expert, this uh, plastic pollution is extremely hyped topic uh, because, you know, as an expert, I always look at sustainability actions be it for individual or be it for businesses mm -hmm. uh what is their impact you know uh how much they are helping so more the impact an action can create that is much better action climate action basically you mm -hmm. know mm -hmm. so if you look at the plastic uh i always ask my tribe you know there are there are these pod podcast or events people always ask me what should what will be the best uh, sustainable or climate action an individual could do yeah and I never mentioned that first has to be plastic uh no because the reason is uh you know plastic is definitely not good and plastic pollution is definitely bad and we should always try and avoiding using any kind of single-use plastic thankfully now around the world it is automatically happening because of these yeah. new regulations right now single-use 
plastic bag is not easily available or you have to pay for it. So automatically it, it is helping people to do that. But from my point of view, uh, because when I look at the impact and actual, you know, measurement of sustainability impact, that is very important. And from my point of view, one of the most important thing an individual could do is uh, food. Because every day when you are wasting food, Mm. Uh, you are actually directly created, creating climate change. How? So every time you are wasting any organic food or organic waste, putting dumping it to your garbage bin, it mm. goes to the landfill, it sits there and it emits, it rots and mm. it emits methane gas. Mm. Every day, whatever organic waste you are throwing, it is creating methane gas. Methane is much more potent greenhouse gas Hmm. which directly every day you are directly adding to global warming and climate change so you know as an engineer i would say hello first you That's work important. on your yeah food waste or uh, you know try to source um, you know try to have food uh, consume it have a su sustainable food instead of you know uh, having some fancy food from far fetch you know far away places or um, you know, the, I mean, you know, I do not want to go into it because I can <laughs> talk about it for hours. So mm -hmm. I'm trying to find a short version of it. But basically, you know, avoid red meat if you could eat plant-based food and most importantly, reduce food waste. So as compared to the impact of these actions, the yeah. plastics impact is much less, you know, in a way. Yeah. Uh, definitely plastic impacts uh, our marine life very, very directly, plastic. Uh, basically, we consume plastic through our salt. So yeah. uh, it's it's still a huge problem, you know. It's a very huge problem. I'm not denying that, you know, uh, uh, single-use plastic pollution is not a problem. It, it is a huge problem. But in terms of in individual actions and measurement of climate change and global warming, mm. uh, these kind of, you know, uh, the food waste or food-related items, they outweigh the plastic issue. You know, so this is one of the uh, kind of a misconception. Mm -hmm. Another one I would say is uh, uh, two things related to businesses and why I want to mention them because every individual is a consumer. And yeah. I always say that, that now we have, we have reduced to mm -hmm. some digital profile. You know, every human is a digital profile and a consumer. Yeah. <laughs> so true. Yeah, I mean, you know, we are now reduced to these two things or this one thing, you know, uh, that we are basically a consumer, digital yeah. or whatever for the uh, goods. And um, so every time we, you know, buy or we throw or we, um, uh, you know, consume something, we are actually, this is, this is my one of the very favorite quote. I keep on mentioning that everywhere, that every time you buy, consume or throw something, you are voting for either climate change or climate action every time, every single day, every single time. Mm -hmm. So one of the things I would say is it's very important for any individual, whoever, uh, you know, buys, consumes and throws things to know what is the basic of sustainability mm -hmm. to choose your right product or right company or right, you know, uh, to give your vote towards climate action, basically. You know, sustainability report is actually not a thing which companies should do within two, three weeks, you know, collect data and prepare a report and throw it out there in the market. No, it shouldn't be like that. It should be a activity which uh, an organization keep on, you know, it should be an ongoing activity 
Mm. That organization basically actually does the materiality analysis, uh, finds out which are their bad impact on the environment and society, which are their risks. Mm. Based on that, they should basically, uh, you know, go ahead and find out which is the right framework or which are the parameters applicable to their business. And then based on that, they should show some progress, a positive action, positive impacts created through or show some progress in terms of reducing their negative impact. And Mm. then they should go ahead and prepare the report. But unfortunately, (laughs) I know this because I'm in this industry that a lot of these companies, they don't do any of that. They just prepare sustainability report like any other business report. They go out publish it everywhere, put it in the public domain, and basically try to claim that they are a sustainable business. Third thing, Mm -hmm. uh, when businesses claim that they are selling any sustainable product, eco-friendly product, or they have an eco-friendly service, Mm -hmm. uh, it could be one off for a business. So I'm just giving you a very simple example. So there is a company who sells let's say stainless steel straws, reusable water bottle, uh, cotton bags, which are very eco-friendly products, right? And if this company claims we are a sustainable business, uh, the truth is they are not because they are selling eco-friendly product. That is is another thing. And when a business becomes a sustainable business, they have a sustainable business model. So for example, I, a lot of... um, I have these clients, you know, startup clients uh, or smaller companies who uh, basically uh, I provide them consulting, forming their business as a sustainable business. So we go into a lot of depth of how do we make the business model sustainable? How how do we make the supply chain sustainable? You know, in depth of it. Mm. And only those businesses who are going through this process and actually showing some positive actions or results only those could claim that they are a sustainable business. So just because you are selling an eco-friendly product doesn't mean that your company is eco-friendly. Those are two different things. So for example, uh, you might be selling a stainless steel straw and mm. down the line in your supply chain, somebody is getting underpaid. underpaid. Mm. Or, <laughs> you know, so this is one of the irony of our new era right now that uh, they, these words, you know, climate change, climate action, sustainability, very, very popular, very, very trending. Everyone wants to kind of, you know, cash in into it. Mm-hmm. But uh, people are not, they are still very uh, looking at it overall sustainability from a short term perspective. And it's not going to help us. This trend, you looked at it as a trend. You didn't look at it as a proper science, you mm-hmm. know. <laughs> so, yeah. Would you say, and I ask this because I have spoken to a couple of people before on the podcast as well who have mm-hmm. been uh, talking about sustainability and there have been interesting perspectives on it wherein often it is also said that, you know, we mistake sustainability for being all about green and all about environment. Mm-hmm. Whereas mm-hmm. If, if I, as uh, you know, as somebody who comes from a writer background, think about the word yeah. sustain itself, it's basically to be able to kind of, uh, I don't know the dictionary uh, mm. you know, definition, now, but yeah. like basically what you comprehend is that to sustain is basically to be able to have some sort of con- constancy, some sort of consistency. And, Correct. You know, so would you kind of, 
would you would you say that it also kind of goes beyond the concept of being green or environment friendly because you mentioned how the supply chain has to be resilient there needs to be um, uniform pay across now that for somebody who sees sustainability in today's times that may not strike as something as part of sustainability but it indeed is mm. as so would you agree do you yeah i totally agree you know i totally agree to this and uh you know what i would like to do here to address this question i would like to address this topic of how to explain to a five-year-old yes uh, that, yeah in a very layman's language yeah you i i saw that and i yes. thought this could be a very very opt kind of an answer to that yeah. So, you know, uh, to make it very, very easy for anyone who doesn't understand about, you know, the uh, science behind sustainability or te technique, techniques behind it. So I would say uh, going back to a very, very simple language is basically we humans are smarter animals than most of the species on the earth, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we are just one of the species, but we are much more smart, smarter than all of the others. Yeah. Now, what we have done is um, we have made our life so much comfortable as compared to all the other species on the planet Earth, right? Mm -hmm. So we have built cities and homes and we have technologies developing every day. Then we have all the industries, basically all the industries, all the businesses and all our economy is focused on uh, creating comfort for human species. Right. Yeah. So uh, if you look at any industry, what they do in the end, they provide us some kind of comfort. So uh, you look at uh, I'm just making it very simple. You look at oil and gas. What do they do? Uh, oil and gas is produced where it is getting used. Uh, let's say it's getting used. One of the use is transportation. What mm. transportation does for us is it gives us comfort. Either it quickly take you from one place to another place mm. or it brings consumer goods from one place to another place. Mm. So if you look at all of this entire picture of our you know, human race and economy and the planet, mm. that big perspective, what we have done is our species have used up nature's mm. or planet Earth's resources all of them for only our own good yeah, yeah. we yeah. kind of snatched it from all the other species and kept it to ourselves mm -hmm. so uh that, that that's what the kids would understand that you know uh we are not sharing the candies of uh nature's resources with other species all the candies we want only for humans yeah. you know we are snatching from everyone else and what has happened basically is we have been the smartest uh, species on the earth. We mm. have been so foolish by doing so, mm. by snatching everything and keeping it to for us. We have been so foolish that we forgot that, you know, in the end, we are going to create a very big problem for us, which is a climate change. Mm. And this kind of a problem is actually going to make a big question mark on mm. our own survival. <laughs> so you know this is what we have done you know yeah. and you look at yeah all the industries you look at the entire economy all of this says the same thing it you know very loudly it says the same thing we have been so foolish and uh, you know so what is sustainability exactly is 
So we still need the comfort, right? Yeah. Uh, we are, I, I cannot say that, okay, this is all bad. Now go back to the caveman's life. That's not happening. And that's not really uh, smart to do. So yeah. we still need all the comforts. Yeah, we uh, we still need to keep all our uh, industries. That's how the employment will create. That's how we will progress. And our progress is important because we have done some very good thing for the planet as well. Yeah. We still need to keep our comforts. We still need to have all the industries. But all we need to do is find a way mm. that we are not finishing off all the nature's gift very soon. Yeah. Uh, and we are also making sure that we are thriving along with other species. When it comes mm. to an, a big part of your job is about changing mindsets right mindsets that yeah. don't have a background of like you said at 21 when you had to change that uh, you know persistent mindset of who are you to kind of tell this or what are you where where's this mm. where's this knowledge coming from what is that one thing that you think and this is again i'm, I'm going to deviate from sustainability here and ask mm. you as an individual what is the hmm. one thing that you think is has proven effective or is something a person must hold on to when trying to change your mindset in this world, which is so fixated yeah. on its, uh, you know, on ideals of the past? Yeah. Correct, correct. So it's a very nice question. Thank you so much. Uh, I don't get uh, these kind of questions very regularly. So I'm glad. <laughs> uh, one thing I would say is... Um, when you are, you know, kind of going against the flow in a way, yeah. because you know that uh, this is what you have learned and you have kind of implemented on job. And when you go out there, you know, as an entrepreneur, I go to some company and suddenly they say, ah, oh, uh, we saw, we met other consultants. They didn't talk about this. They were happy to write a report for us. And now you're talking about implementation and then writing a report. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, they might not necessarily appreciate you, but they might even criticize you or try to put you down in some ways, you know. Yeah. And I have seen that all my life, like all my life as a sustainability consultant. People try to put you down uh, when you are, it's it's very intimidating for a lot of people to change, you yeah. know, to, uh, and changing mindset becomes a very, very difficult if uh, it's a very natural human tendency nobody likes to change to be honest yeah so when when you have to bring in something new and make sure it penetrates through and you know you are seeing the uh, impacts of these changing mindsets mm -hmm. uh, then one of the most important thing you need to possess is whatever people are trying to put you down don't get affected by that it, yeah. it kind of sometimes there are days, you know, some good days and yes. bad days. It affects you sometimes. Uh, now, not much uh, because I have been going through this all my life. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, at the start, I remember it used to get to me that, oh, they said this to put me down. But uh, here is where my logical thinking comes in, uh, comes handy. That, yeah. ah, they did that because they are scared of a change. And yeah. I'm insisting on a change. And let them do whatever they need to do. Yeah. One thing I need to do is I need to be consistent. Yeah. I need to, uh, you know, put all my efforts 
there yeah. is a lot of hard work which is needed there is a lot of hard work even to for yourself to manage all of this criticism yeah. criticism putting down and still holding yourself up going again saying the same thing or try to kind of you know be persuasive uh, yeah. with the same thing which you know that people are not going to easily accept you know yeah. so uh, i think this is more of a uh, self building or internal building mental health related topics i would say yeah. and uh, i really uh, you know i really do some kind of exercises very uh, regularly to center myself to remind myself what is the purpose because yeah. you know for, for me sustainability is not my job or not my business but it's my for, ikigai yeah yeah it's it's purpose of my life and i'm very blessed in a way i could say that very early in my life i found it uh there is some kind of you know universe wanted me to kind of find it and work towards it and i i always remind myself that you know why you are doing this and whenever you know i feel down and i do these exercises remind myself i get up again and then do the same thing again <laughs> next day yeah. or you need to sometimes even find be smart and find maybe different techniques to pursue people yeah, uh, yeah. you know to do the right action or take right decisions and uh, i think this is where it comes in uh, you know handy also uh, being very friendly uh, approachable uh, it's it's also very useful for uh, people in my profession because uh, people are they have fixed mindset yeah. however you go there with not fixed mindset right the growth mindset yeah. and if you are not friendly if you are not approachable if you are not you know then uh, it's not going to work so you have to take 10 steps more than the other people True. basically so, True. yeah <laughs> yeah you have to be humble and down to earth and that's that's exactly yeah. irony i think right you have to be down to earth you always have to be yeah. closer to earth i would invite your listeners to come on sustainabilitytribe.com which is our social enterprise yeah. there is obviously this particular program which is called ambassador program it's yeah. free for anyone to join and you can pick as per your own interest it could be water it could be fashion it could be there are many many topics over there i know it's been a busy time and everything but i really appreciate and i'm so grateful to have uh, you know had you because uh, truly nobody could have said it better than you did so many people don't even end up talking about these things and exactly like you said the common man needs to know the common man needs to kind of comprehend the actuality of this topic and it's it's a boon i'm i'm glad that we've been able to do this today yeah yeah i'm glad to yes thank you thank you once again amrita and um, yes like i said i really look forward to sharing this thank you karishma i'm so glad uh, it was lovely chatting to you and uh, i look forward to the episode then <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. If you like this podcast, then do give us a follow and tune into our next episode as well. If you wish to watch the videos on YouTube, you can check them out at Karishma Connect and give us a follow on Instagram at Karishma Vallathe. Thank you again.